My name is Andrew Adams, and this is Don't You Dare Talk to Me. Well, it's been a long time, hasn't it? <laughs> Aw, shit, here we go again, right? So, I'm back after a... Yeah, yeah it's a month. One, a mo- one month hiatus of not doing any new episodes or anything. Even though I said that I wasn't gonna, you know, try and go past a week of not doing an episode. Well, here we are. So, been a little, little uh, preoccupied. Um, I've now been working seven days a week. I don't know if, um, to those out there, you do have two jobs and have to work seven days a week, man, it sucks, right? Like it's not, it's not one of those things where it's like, you know, it has its benefits. Like, yeah, I guess you're, you're being paid money. Last I checked, I'm pretty sure the jobs that I work, I'm not being paid in, uh, jelly beans or handfuls of cereal. I'm pretty sure it's actual money. Um, anyway, it's just been, you know, a lot of that. And, but I will say this, uh, from working seven days a week, you never, you know, you always know what your plans are. Like you always know, you don't have to be like, Hmm, I wonder what I'm going to do this weekend. Nope. You already know what you're doing this weekend. You're going to fucking work and you're like, Oh man, like the Sunday scaries where they're like, Oh, it's Sunday. And I've had, Oh, I didn't get to enjoy my weekend that much. Um, now I'm, I'm all anxious and wound up that I have to go back to work for, you know, the week. Well, I don't have to worry about that. So that's pretty nice. I don't have to worry about the Sunday scaries or anything like that. So that's, that's pretty bitching in my opinion. So cause I always hated that. I always hated having the Sunday scaries, um, <laughs> where, where you, you're just kind of like, you know, that, that loathsome feeling of, Oh, I, I don't want to go back to work. I don't want to have to, you know, I just, I got one day off and then I got kind of a partial day off, but I wasted all my Sunday worrying about going back to work. So, well, to us, uh, part of the, the seven day a week club, this, the seven day work week club. Yeah. I'm gonna start that seven day work week club. We, we don't have to worry about that bullshit. So (laughs) yeah, baby. Um, yeah. So listener, well, I thought about this too. I've been trying to think of like episodes and stuff like that of what, what do I want to talk about? What what do I want to ask people not to dare talk to me about? Um, well, I don't really know. So we're going to, we're going to get to that. Um, uh, you, you already read the name of the episode. You're just listening to kind of the, the preface part of the episode. Um, but yeah, listener, I, I was thinking too, just like what, you know, what I could switch up to make it more fun. I've always called you listener. I could, I could call you something else if you would like, um, you know, if you, if you want to be a little more personal, like if, if for long time listeners and new listeners alike, I could definitely make it a little more of an intimate experience. I could, I could start calling you instead of listener. I could start calling you like uh, like Cookie Puss or um, a little sweet baby, a little sweet baby gumdrop. Um, yeah. So listen here, little baby sprout. We, you know, I'm definitely going to try and be better about <laughs> making episodes. Um, to but anyway, that's my yeah. It's mainly just a a fun thing to do. But I've been putting off a lot of fun stuff as of late. So listen, listen up, you little little honey bun. We're today. Don't you dare talk to me about Jaws. <laughs> I don't know what the name of the episode is going to be because um, I'm. I don't know if just the word Jaws is um, if it's been copyrighted. But like, because everyone that's that you hear you say Jaws and people automatically think about oh it's the shark movie. Well, you're fucking right. So. Um, much like every other, like, you know, really famous movie, a lot of them started from the humble beginnings of being a book. Yeah, that's right. So the one thing that people hate with their fucking wholehearted passion, because it's not a TV show, 
Um, books actually offer a lot of the, you know, good original, like, stories that you kind of see that are made into these big famous movies. Um, and like everyone says, there's always that saying like, oh yeah, the book was better. Um, well, I'm going to make a case of it today that the book can't always be better. Sometimes making it into a movie makes it way, way better. Not to like, not to say that books aren't, you know, fun. I love reading books, you know, and I, I feel like, you know, especially too, uh, this is, uh, I'm going to be bringing this up in a little bit, but I'm, this is pretty much going to be like a full on ad for like Audible. Um, like the, the book listening app or the, the audiobook app, they're not, they don't sponsor me. So this is literally just coming, coming from my heart as a customer of that service. It fucking kicks ass. Like if you like listening to podcasts and, or especially like any like podcast that offers like anything that's sort of close to like a narrative type deal. I know that there's a lot of them out there that, that, uh, kind of do that. If you're kind of an eater, a podcast, when it comes to stuff like that, um, I highly recommend Audible because it's like, you know, you do the pay, you can do the paid memberships. Yeah. I mean, fucking, you can do the eight ninety nine or was it seven ninety nine uh, for the, the one or like kind of the, the whatever's included. And then the more expensive one, you get like one free credit per month to pick out like any book on the store. That's like not included with the Audible membership that has all these like, you know, different podcasts, books, um, all sorts, all sorts of cool shit. So, um, anyway, like I don't even know where I'm going with this. I'm just giving a free ad for audible, uh, because I listen to, uh, the book version of jaws, the book version by Peter Benchley, um, on audible, just kind of as I've been working throughout the week and everything. Um, and man, I love the movie jaws. And then when I was just like, I saw that that was on there, I was just like, Oh, kick ass. This is going to be, re- this is going to be a really good listen, you know? And then it wasn't bad, but at the same time, it definitely was a a a, a long, almost not a long throw, but a bit of a long throw from uh, the Jaws movie, like the nineteen seventy five movie. Um, so, all right, so you basically have like the bones of Jaws, like right there from the beginning of the book and the beginning of the movie. Um, like pretty much like halfway through are pretty much identical. Like they, you know, kind of mirror each other in terms of like in the book, um, you get like the two socialites or rich socialites or whatever going down. They're drunk as fuck and they go down to the beach and they're like the lady's like, let's go skinny dipping. And the guy's like, okay. So they, you know, they go down there and they going to do their thing or whatever. And then the lady gets gobbled up by a shark. Um, so that's like, you know, you get that first scene is pretty much identical to between the two. Um, so, but this one, like, I, I really like when it comes to books cause it like adds in like unnecessary details or it allows you to like gain perspective of, you know, different, not, I guess characters. Cause they, they kind of, they like start out the book of Jaws by like from the shark's perspective, um, and Peter eventually, he's like, he's like really, really a really good writer when it comes to, um, like anything marine or anything like that, like anything from the ocean or oceanic creatures. He's definitely like down with it. You could tell he has a big passion for it and he has a really good talent for writing, um, that. So it's just like, you get like, um, they don't call it a shark though. They could, they just call it a fish. Like he, he says the fish, um, just like describing this, this great fish swimming through the ocean and like sensing movements and stuff like that. So it's interesting. Honestly, I would take an entire book 
of just listening to, or like, I just want to see like, you know, an entire book of just from the perspective of the shark, you know, like both the existential crisis and like, you know, survival drive of the shark. I would love to see just that perspective, but that's not Peter Benchley's style. He likes to jump around a lot. Um, so from the, from the kind of get go there, from the movie and the book starting off the same, you also get very similar care or like not very similar, but like pretty much exact characters. <laughs> oh man, it's been a while. It's been a long time since I've recorded one of these, and I'm not looking to keep restarting over and over again. So we're just gonna keep going with mistakes and all. Um, but anyway, you get your your big players are there, um, except there was one that in the book that was not in the movie. Um, I think it, his name, uh, I know it was Meadows. His last name was Meadows. I want to say his first name's Larry, but I might be wrong. Um, but Meadows is like the editor of the local newspaper, and he's kind of like a friend slash foe of the main character, uh, police chief, uh, the police chief Brody, um, but in the movie, though, uh, there is no Larry Meadows. That that character has been eliminated entirely. Um, I think it, what it, what happened though was the character of Larry Meadows, like that editor from the or the newspaper editor from the book, was kind of merged with the mayor character in the movie. Um, was it Mayor Vaughn? There's also a Mayor Vaughn in the book, um, so I feel like they just like mish, like mash the two together. Um, to kind of create this, like, just one um, antagonist and ha- instead of having, like, one antagonist and one, like, pseudo-antagonist. I guess they're both pseudo-antagonists just because they're not they're not the ones causing the main conflict of the book. That's the, that's that damn shark that keeps doing all that. Um, so you get that and you, <laughs> all right, so, like, from the start, like, you, in the movie, like, the attack happens and then Brody's like, we gotta shut down these fucking beaches and then, like, Everyone around him is literally just like, nah, man, this is a beach town. We got the 4th of July coming up. We cannot have these beaches shut down because of some stupid shark. And then they're like, he's like, police chief Brody. Brody's like, man, we, I'm serious though. There's going to be more shark attacks if we don't, you know, shut these beaches down. And then the book, it's fun because like he goes through like several different people, each offering their own like justification as to why the beaches need to stay open. Um, and then Brody pretty much concedes to them being like, ah, fuck. All right, man, I'll, I'll let you keep the beaches open. I get it. And then a shark attack happens. And then they literally, literally everyone in the town is turning around and being like, Brody, why'd you leave the beaches open? Why'd you do that, man? Like (laughs) poor Brody, man. In the book, like, all right. So in the movie, he's pretty much like, you know, like his character, I feel like is a little more concrete, um, a little more, you know, like he's a little more like, you know, built out a little more confident, but I feel like in the book though, book Brody is getting shit on the whole time. And you're about to figure out why in just a few minutes, but this, this whole thing, like with Brody being like, oh man, we got to, you know, fucking figure this out because the second attack, I'm getting all over the place here. I know that like in the second attack in the book, it was the kid on the raft. And that's also the same thing that happens in the movie is, like, the kid on the raft, he's, like, he's, like, mom, I want to go swimming, his mom's, like, fuck off, and the kid's, like, all right, so he goes swimming and gets munched on, and then the same thing happens, um, in the movie, I think, it like, the, for the second attack or whatever, but it's really fun, though, because the, in the book, you get the perspective, you get that shark perspective, where the shark's, like, 
he sensed the the water shifting ever so slightly, and he moved with the ferocity of blah 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 blah. It's still fun. I really want a book where it's just about a shark. So and just kind of the <laughs> the inner machinations of a shark, if there are any. So, but anyway, back to the movie. We get like I think it's been a little bit since I've seen the movie and I didn't watch the movie before <laughs> before recording this I just wanted to talk about it off of memory because I have I have a, a bit of a stronger memory of the book than I do the uh movie but at this point in the movie I think it was um the town's like flipping their fucking lid um and they, they like get together and they're like we gotta fucking kill this shark man and then I oh yeah in the movie the mom um the mom of the dead kid is like oh yeah I'll give you I'll give you all this money if you kill that shark like she's going all mafioso on this shark she's like i want that shark dead i want his family dead i want all of their fucking shark friends i want them all to know that we don't mess with sharks here in amity um (laughs) i don't know man anyway she's she goes full mafioso and puts a hit on the shark um and then like every in the movie of jaws every tom dick and jane is like I'm going to get that money. I'm going to go kill this shark. And I remember it was like in the movie, they throw like a pot roast or something overboard and they almost get like eaten by the shark or a shark. I don't think it's the shark in Jaws. I don't, what was it? I think in the movie, uh, in like the behind the scenes, like the, the robot, the robot that like they made to play the shark head, I think they called it Bruce or something. And it was also like, very notorious for constantly breaking down. Um, yeah, I, re- I remember watching some like behind the scenes thing. It was a long time ago of the making of Jaws, and apparently it was such a pain in the ass, especially for it being in like the you know mid seventies and everything that like you know it things were just weren't what they were were what they are today of being able to like you know have this like controlled tank of water to be able to kind of shoot in and be be able to buy like build all these intricate structures without them being broken down or damaged or whatever so oh man did a classic don't you dare talk to me and got off topic and kind of lost my place um oh yeah so mafioso mom put hit on the shark and everyone's trying to kill that shark but they really suck at it we also get introduced to quint at this time like you don't even get you don't even get introduced to quint who's like the 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 salty sea dog fisherman who's like this really kind of almost mildly crazy uh, individual Um, but he's he doesn't get introduced in the book until like late in the game but he gets a little intro um, early on when he does like the nails on the chalkboard deal where he's like like everyone's like freaking out and he walks in and into the room and like runs his nails down the chalkboard to get everyone's attention like the asshole he is (laughs) I don't know I guess I've never been inclined to try and, like, enter a room and get everyone's attention uh, just by scratching on a chalkboard. I'd I'd probably start off by, like, trying to be like, hey, everyone, before resulting to that. But that's just me. I'm not Quint. Um, I don't know. I feel like I would end up being, like, Brody. No, 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 no. Well, I am afraid of the ocean, so I think I do relate to Brody more. Um, Who would you be, listener, honey, child? (laughs) I know I'm trying to give you a new nickname, listener. Um, but anyway, wh- who would you be, listener? Would you be uh, Brody, like the police chief, Quint, the mad sea guy, or Hooper? Oh, who I didn't even—I don't even think I've talked about Hooper yet. But at this point in the movie and the book, um, we get 
fucking mad dog Hooper. Just kidding. I don't, I don't know why I called him that, but you get, he's like this marine biologist with a specialty in sharks. So he kind of has like, you know, kind of this little like insight that he's able to offer the group as to why the shark be eating people. And if it's even a shark, blah, blah, blahs, that type deal. Um, and then the movie, well, who was it? Who was it? Richard Dreyfus? That's who it was. I don't know who the other guys are <laughs> who played Brody and Quint, but I do remember Richard Dreyfus was in um, fucking Jaws as Hooper. So he shows up, and they like in the movie at this point. Uh, between the comparison of the book and the movie, we get um, kind of like with Hooper, like in Brody, they're just kind of like they're like, oh well, we have our differences, but we got to team up to stop this shark. Uh, in the book, you get more of, like, Brody's inner monologue of him feeling very, like, <laughs> feeling very intimidated by, like, this, you know, very youthful and uh, vibrant figure, you know, of manhood. And he's just, like, you know, he, he he says it, like, a good, like, five or six times of being, like, Brody felt insecure, like, looking at his his large pectorals or whatever. <laughs> so Brody Brody ain't having it, and you'll know why. And but Hooper, he's he's kind of like um, I like how he's portrayed in the movie of being kind of more of this like bit of an eccentric, you know, kind of like wild eyed scientist um, who's just really passionate about his field. Um, but in the book, he kind of has more of like a bit of a sleaze to him. Um, and this is kind of why. So uh, we get we what was it? Um, Ellen Brody, who's the wife of the police chief Brody. He, um, she's, we get like a lot compared to like what in the movie, she's just kind of like, you know, the side character of the, you know, protagonist's wife. And she kind of like shows up, but she plays a bigger role in the book. Um, we kind of follow her. Um, she kind of has her own little subplot here, um, by like, because she like, all right, I'm getting all over the place here, man. Uh, but Ellen Brody, like in the book, she's described as being kind of this, like, um, like when she was growing up, she was like in with like the, this rich people crowd. She was like the socialite. Um, and she ended up marrying Brody, who's considered to be kind of like a uh, blue collar, like working man type deal. Um, but she, uh, is having like this crisis in the book at the time of the plot, um, of she being like, not sure that she's like happy with her life and that she wishes that she didn't like, she like married rich and everything. Um, and then she's introduced, uh, she runs into Hooper in the book, um, at the hardware store and he, she sees him and she's like, Oh, wobba wobba look at this boy like he's he's pretty much like the pinnacle from her past of like the um kind of buttoned up you know like top class guy whatever country club boy let's call him that she he's like the ideal country club boy and she that's what she's looking for from her past and she's like having all these memories and all this like crisis and she's just like she literally decides in a point and this is like probably like halfway through the book she's just like we switch on to ellen brody's path of what she's going on in life she and after she meets hooper she's like i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna bang that guy i'm gonna bang this guy so he's (laughs) she's set to like you know try and seduce this guy and we kind of get her um, in her, in, in her turmoil, I guess you could say of her being like, am I doing the right thing? Oh, I'm doing the right thing. And I'm going to be doing this guy. So, but it's, he's like Hooper, but here's the thing is Hooper's not like, 
he's already in the book hooper's already met brody and he's already met like you know brody's wife he she like invites him over to dinner and he, it's like this whole big thing and brody's like Ugh, i'm not i fucking hate this guy so he's he's like he makes me really insecure i don't like him ah, get him out of here so um but brody like they have this little dinner party um and like brody's just like really upset watching his wife flirt with Hooper and like Hooper gives her what is like this shark tooth necklace. <laughs> yeah, it's really righteous, man. It was the seventies. What are you going to do? So, but she's like, it's really funny. Cause there's this moment in the book where, um, Ellen Brody, she's wearing, um, pearls to the dinner party that she's throwing. Um, and it was described as being, um, the pearls that Brody gave Ellen on their wedding day and she was wearing those. And then she like takes them off to put on this shark necklace, shark tooth necklace that, um, Hooper gives her. So it's like, Oh, I kind of like that. Cause it shows that she's like, Oh, I'm, I'm about to, I'm gonna, you know, fucking not going to leave my husband, but I'm definitely putting him on the back burner just by like taking those off. Good symbolism. Thanks Peter eventually. Um, Oh, there's a dog out there. Oh, it's running up the stairs. Um, so yeah, anyway, the, what was it? They like have that. And then Brody's like, he's just getting the shit end of the stick. He's, hey, he's out there each day. Like he's try like keeps finding like, you know, people are like giving him a hard time about like opening up the beaches and all of that. Um, so, but back to Ellen and Hooper, cause obviously that was like the, the fixation for a good, like po- big portion of the book. Like if you were, if you were to watch Jaws and you like, you saw two shark attacks and then after those two shark attacks, you just watch like Ellen have this like crazy hot long affair with Hooper. Well, it's like a one night stand, but they would definitely draw it out by like going to the restaurant and, uh, having very, you know, a very sedacious talk about their fantasies and everything. That was another wacky bit, too, uh, from the Book of Jaws. And this is, you know, you're going to be like, oh, that's fucked up. But I'm just talking about the book, you, you dingus. Um, so, <laughs> do you like that, listener? I'll start calling you dingus instead. So listen up, dingus. Um, they, <laughs> like, in the book, they have... Um, like Ellen and Hooper are having like the lunch or whatever. And they're about to, they're kind of setting it up or whatever to, you know, seduction time or whatever you want to call it. But they're talking about their fantasies and Hooper's kind of egging Ellen on in the book. And Ellen's like, he's like, tell me about one of your fantasies. And she goes like, Oh, I, you know, I, I fantasize about being raped. And at that point I'm like, Whoa, this is, this just took a way, way big turn. Like, I mean, each, you know, to each their own, like everyone has their fantasies and everything, but they, they fucking draw it out in the book. Like you have Hooper asking questions being like, describe it to me. And then just like all this fucking like shit. So I was just like, like when I was listening to it, I was like, wasn't this book about sharks? Like, wasn't this book about a a giant shark terrorizing a town or whatever? (laughs) So, um, but it doesn't stop there because we like, it gets into the fair and a fair and everything. And we get a nice like sex scene in the book that goes into way too much detail as to, uh, Hooper, like, like, oh man, what am I trying to say? Trying to get it, like trying to nut or whatever. Like he describes as like, 
him coming is like his eyes are popping out of his head and it's described as being like um ellen feared that his eyes were about to pop out of his head if he i was like jesus christ like this is like i'm just picturing like um doctor was it dr doom from who framed roger rabbit with his eyes popping out and everything that's it's really gross man um yeah so that's that's a whole big thing man so it just goes on and on and on um and then finally after after like they bang and everything hooper and uh, ellen brody after they bang she like goes back and she's just like well she was like it wasn't like initially like she was like oh she was so upset with herself she was just like well that happened like got that out of my system um yeah, so it's it just uh, between that, like I can see why it was left out of the movie because it was a good like two hours of the audiobook was just dedicated to Ellen and Hooper's um, affair. Which, uh, on the flip side of that, I've, as much as like you know, it was a pretty decent drama, you know, to add to it. I just felt though it was a little little weird, a little out of place uh, for being in the Jaws book. But fuck, man, I. I don't know. I don't want to, like, that's just me. I'm probably looking at it all wrong. And there's going to be people out there to be like, oh, well, you don't realize that the symbolism uh, between uh, uh, Brody's battle with the shark is like the same battle at home with his wife having an affair with him or some drawn out bullshit like that. Um, Anyway, back to the movie. Probably at this point here, um, we are actually you know, starting to get into the part where we're going to go hunt this shark. Um, so after all that, like, you know, simmered down in the book, that's when they finally contact Quint. Like Brody's just like, Hey, we need a specialist. Uh, let's get that crazy guy we keep hearing about. He'll, he'll definitely help us out in this shit. Um, so they go and get Quint and in the movie, they kind of do the same thing where they like, they get back on track with being like, all right, well, we have no other options. Like we already proved like, Oh yeah, that was another thing in the movie. Um, like one of the amateur shark hunters brings back this one, like decently sized, uh, tiger shark or whatever. And everyone's just like, whew, sigh of relief. We caught the shark that was doing all this crazy shit. Um, but then like in the movie, uh, Brody and Hooper, they sneak out to the dock and like cut open the shark and they discover that, um, there's like a bunch of like eaten fish and like a Louisiana license plate, um, proving that it wasn't originally from, uh, around there in Amity or like it didn't didn't it wasn't like projected to be the right shark or whatever because they were looking for like a great white and there was something about the water and the slipstream of the ocean I I can't remember that I can't remember that all that um the scientific part of things uh so anyway we keep it going though um like at, we kind of line up here we get back on track with both the book and the movie they set out to hunt the shark with the crazy man Quint um, only big difference here, and this is probably like one of the things that I like. This is another reason why I like the movie more. Is in the big climactic battle, you have them setting off on the boat, and they don't return to land. That's it. You're like you're trapped on the big blue ocean with this like you know enormous beast just like below the water, like stalking you essentially. Uh, but in the book, like the big climactic battle, yeah, they go out on the ocean and everything, but they also um, they just like turn back around, you know, like they, they go back each day. They're like, ah, it's getting dark. Let's get the fuck out of here. Let's just go back in. 
Brody goes home, has a few beers, go back out the next day. So there's a, there's a good bit of chunk of that of building suspense in the book um, of like, you know, them going out, not finding anything, going back out, not finding anything, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, one thing, though, that kind of makes because um, like in the movie, you get Quint. He's just he's a very like crazy character. Um, he's kind of like unhinged, but they actually tell why uh, in the movie because they have like when they're out on the boat. Uh, Brody and Hooper talking with Quint and Quint was like, uh, I think it was like he had a tattoo removed or whatever, but I remember it was, um, he was saying that he was, a uh, Quint in the movie. He was a sailor on the, uh, U.S. Indianapolis, Indianapolis, Jesus can't say that, um, from like World War II. And if you're not familiar, um, there was like instances in World War II of where I think it was like Indianapolis or whatever. But they were like they were sunk by Japanese torpedoes, and as this boat was sinking, all these men it was like some odd of like fucking twelve hundred men or something it was a lot of dudes uh were all stuck in the ocean and they were just kind of like floating on wreckage and like they were being picked off by sharks and like like hordes of sharks, not just like one or two dude like one shark that's just going around like they're going around and literally being like pulled under and eaten alive by sharks like it's just fucking horrifying. And that's real life, man. <laughs> so, um, anyway, we get like that in the movie. We kind of get why Quint is this crazy character, but we don't really get it in the book. He's just a real crazy nut guy. That's he. He doesn't have a lot of morals when it comes to fishing. So, all right. So you get in this book in the book of Jaws. You get um, Quint. There's this scene where he's just like, "Hey, check this out." Uh, people go crazy for this, and he like hooks a shark, like this little like baby shark. And then he like pulls the shark out of the water and cuts it down its belly to where all its guts fall out in the water. And then he drops the shark back in there. And then the shark is just like flopping around going crazy trying to eat the guts that are coming out of it. So he's like, we get these. And then all of a sudden more sharks show up. He like does it like one or two times to other sharks. And then more sharks show up. And it's like this feeding frenzy in the book. Um, so like, he's like in the book, Quint is really put out to be this like cold blooded motherfucker. Um, and he kind of has like a real cold death, like his death in the movie. Um, and so if you're not familiar, what happens is like, once they go toe to toe with, uh, big boy jaws, big jaws, they like, you know, Jaws smashes up the boat and then Quint ends up like falling off of the sinking boat and like slides into the mouth of the shark um, and he's, it's gruesome. <laughs> so being like munched in half and blood spitting out of his mouth. Yeah, it's crazy. But in the book, uh, what happens is Quint, he, the boat is sinking and like he, he like a rope gets tied around his leg and the shark, um, also has a piece of the rope tied to it and it just pulls him underwater and drowns him. And then there's like this, uh, scene where Brody can see underwater. You can see like the, <laughs> the body of Quint just trailing behind the shark being tied to the, you know, tied to a rope. So yeah, man, crazy, crazy, crazy. Love it though. Both pretty cool deaths for a cool character. <laughs> um, all right. I'm just kind of skipping around here, but what also happens a big, big difference in the book. Um, so you get the, the, well, 
both the movie and the book, they have the shark cage on the on the boat uh, that Hooper brings along. And what happens is Hooper, he like you know, he in a last ditch resort, like in a last ditch ditch effort, he's like, oh well, we can't kill the shark; it's too strong. So put me in the cage, and I'll. In the book, he was used like a boomstick or something. Uh, in the movie, he was like, I want to inject it with this poison. So um, it, it, they both get in the cage, but in the book the shark just literally goes after the cage and just mauls Hooper. Like he just fucking eats Hooper up. Um, so it was pretty, pretty gruesome. But in the movie, he, he survives, he escapes, um, the cage. And then he like hides in like a, like a bit of a reef or whatever, um, to kind of, you know, make sure he's not eaten by the shark. Smart guy. Right. So we do all that, like that, that all happens. Um, the, like the boat's all fucked up. They go like head to head with the shark and everything. And it's like, you know, trying to smash up their boat. And if the, in the book, um, well, let's start with the movie cause it's more fun in the movie. Like Brody is the last like one to stand against the shark. And like he ends up, he is able to get like an oxygen, one of the ship's oxygen tanks, um, or a oxygen tank, like from a scuba gear or whatever, he, he's able to get it into the shark's mouth and it gets like caught in its jaws. Um, and then like the ship is sinking and like the mast is the last thing that's sticking out. And then Brody like climbs up the mast with like a gun. And then he like, he, he does the famous line, smile, you son of a, and then like he shoots the gun at the tank and it fucking explodes like it just like literally it looks like a nuclear bomb went off on this shark in the movie (laughs) when in fact that definitely would not happen there would be a catastrophic you know if he was able to shoot it but it wouldn't be it wouldn't be to the point where it looked like a fucking nuclear bomb went off (laughs) so they dropped an atom bomb on the shark didn't happen but in the book so we get that really kick-ass explosion really climactic battle um so that's that's the thing is like all that happens but in the book um brody's about to be eaten and then the shark just dies of blood loss like they had been harpooning it a couple of times um and the shark was just like just went like all slack-jawed and fucking floated down into the bottom of the ocean so yeah, it didn't it, it didn't really like have the big climactic finish um that you get in the movie. So that's if you're expecting that, you're going to be sorely disappointed. So, and then like in the movie, Hooper obviously survives, so he pops back up out of the reef and Brody's like, "Oh, thank God. I'm not alone or whatever." <laughs> so, um but that's the thing, it, like in the in the book, um you know he's super dead because not only did he like get eaten by the shark, the shark comes up out of the water with um with Brody or not Brody, but Hooper in its mouth, like one like his head sticking out one end and the legs are sticking out the other. Um and Quint and Brody are there and like in the book the um Quint like kept the rifle on the boat. Um and they were like <laughs> he was like, shoot it and like Brody had the gun and he was like, shoot it, shoot the shark and like Brody accidentally shoots Hooper in the throat. I was like, Jesus, to add, like add insult to, you know, overkill, really. Um, I, I think it was supposed to be an accident or whatever, uh, because it was described as being like, to Brody's horror, he shot him in the throat. I can't remember that part, but I know, I, I know that it, Brody was described as being kind of mortified at the act of accidentally doing that. Um, but anyway, that's, you know, kind of what happens there. So that's, that's the thing is I, it would be really funny because at the end of, um, at the end of the movie Jaws, 
they like, you know, Hooper and Brody, they make a, like a little raft and they start like, you know, kicking back to shore. They start like, you know, swimming, <laughs> swimming back to shore. Now I wanted to think like if the, um, cause Brody kind of knew he didn't, it wasn't ever like confirmed in the book. He kind of had like inklings though, as to his wife's affair with Hooper, um, but in like in the movie, like, you know, there was no affair, obviously, but it'd be really funny if he like, you know, he survived and it's only Hooper and Brody and they have to kick back to shore. And then like, they have to have that awkward conversation of being like, do you fuck my wife or something <laughs> like, oh man, it's, it's just really like, I don't know. I think that would have been really darkly funny to these two guys stranded on the ocean and one had an affair with the other's wife only to like, you know, they're, they're the only ones to keep each other alive. So that's, you know, the one holds some extreme resentment for the other <laughs> and so on and so forth. Anyway, man, that's pretty much where it ends, uh, between the talking about jaws between, uh, the book or audio book, if you have audible, um, and the movie, which are both fun. But, uh, what happened though was, yeah, the book spawned, um, a very kick-ass movie, but what didn't happen though was the book didn't get a sequel, but the movie did just like many other, uh, franchises, like one successful movie, there's definitely, um, others that'll come along to try and like, you know, jump the shark, if you know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. But anyway, to get Jaws 2, um, if you ever, if you ever like, you know, you can definitely tell a good sequel, um, when it doesn't like to wallow, um, in the original, like it doesn't like to replay all the, the old or all the tropes from or all the famous scenes from the original one. And it uses the first movie or first kind of installment, uh, as a jumping off point rather than, um, just kind of like doing the exact same shit over and over. Well, Jaws 2 fails super hard when it comes to that. And they just kind of do the exact same thing. Um, with starting out with like, you know, some sexy lady getting eaten or munched on by a shark. Um, and then there's like, they, they really go like toe to toe with this shark. Like this one, it literally, um, the shark kind of goes from like a regular animal like this, uh, to literally like Jason from Friday the 13th. Like it's like stalking people. It's, it's just really dumb, man. And then you also get, um, you get a little more, uh, like you get returning characters of, um, Brody and Ellen Brody and everything in the second movie. Uh, but they also try and like raise the stakes a little bit by, um, making like Brody's kids or whatever, like them being like, I'm a rebellious teenager and I'm going to go, uh, sailing with my friends cause I love sailing so much, but there's also a killer shark on the loose. So he kind of has to, instead of having to save the town of Amity and everything, he's not only having to do that again, um, to like save, save the, all the, the sales, um, from their, the summer crowd or whatever. He also has to save like his kids, uh, from these, this monstrous shark or the second monstrous shark. Um, I like the beginning though. I remember in the beginning, the beginning of Jaws two, you get, um, it opens on like the divers and they're like checking out the wreckage of the, um, of Quint's boat. What was it called? Um, the, the orca. Yes. So they're checking out the boat or whatever. Um, and like, that's when they get attacked by the shark and they get a picture of the shark, the shark eye. It be like a doll's eyes. It look right through ye. Uh, 
anyway, so it's kind of anticlimactic, um, with how everything goes out, because it's like, um, the big climactic scene is these, was it Brody's kid and, um, this other group of kids are out sailing and then the shark shows up and it's like, what's up motherfucker. And it tries to like munch on them and it ends up like smashing into the other boat, um, causing the two boats to like collide. It's, it's just like, it's kind of like, you know, really slapdash kind of made, but whatever. It's not as bad as, uh, Jaws 3D. Yep, 3D. Um, it was like the early 80s. What was it? I think it was like 79 when Jaws 2 was made. And then Jaws 3, that was made in the early 80s. And that's when 3D was really trying to make a resurgence. Everyone was like trying to, you know, push for there to be like all these different movies to use the trope. Um, but it was very unsuccessful just because the technology wasn't there. And in my opinion, the technology still isn't there. Like I've I've seen like 3D movies nowadays and it's maybe it's just me but it just fucking it hurts it hurts my eyes to look at but i know dennis quaid he plays like the grown-up version of brody's kid um and he works in like a sea yeah it was it was like sea world or whatever um and they like end up kidnapping a baby shark and then the mom shark which is like this colossal like 35 foot long shark shows up and starts trying to fuck him up or whatever to get back her baby which is already dead because it was in captivity um anyway what was it there was also like kind of the um there's like this character um fitz fitz royce or something it's something something with fitz in it but he uh, like so they have he kind of like mirrors Quint in being like the eccentric kind of crazy hunter guy um it, it's but it's really played out man and it's just like a very convoluted plot i also remember in jaws 3d that there was a big emphasis on um it was like the main lady or whatever she was like a dolphin trainer and they they end up getting saved by these two dolphins like three or four times in the movie of them being like the dolphins being like no don't go in there there's there's a shark in there like <laughs> that's why i feel like the movies they tended to kind of creep towards more being like friday the 13th and halloween rather than um you know like any of the other ones like any like the actual you know kind of original one but the last one though the very last jaws um i think yeah it was the revenge the jaws the revenge and i only remember this one because it was so fucking bad and they made the ti- they made like the shark roar like a tiger fucking plot twist sharks can't roar they can't audibly make tiger sounds like that so it's <laughs> it's a whole big thing but they bring back Ellen Brody, um, and she is, like, in the fourth movie, Jaws of Revenge, she is dead set on the fact that this this shark, this there's a family of sharks, and it's out for revenge against the Brodies. Um, so, I think, also, too, wait, um, wow, man, what's his name? Michael Caine, he was in it, too. He played the pilot guy. And he was he was there quipping it up like Michael Caine is known to do. Um, I can't remember his character's name, but he yeah Michael Caine was in the Jaws Revenge, and he like teams up with um, Ellen Brody, and they fucking take on the shark together. And I think they also bring back um, like the son or whatever the 
one of the one of the sons gets killed. I know one of the sons gets munched on, and then Ellen Brody's like, "Oh man, I gotta go out for revenge against the shark that's trying to get revenge against me." Um, and like Michael is like a ocean scientist or something now. Like Michael Brody, like the son, like he, I don't know, but it's something like that. But I know that in Jaws: The Revenge, like she's having like psych- Ellen Brody's like having psychic visions of this like shark coming to attack her family. Um, and then she sets out to be like, oh, now I have to take my last stand against this this evil shark. Um, so if that is the case, I, I feel like I want it to be like a Hatfields and McCoys type deal where it's just this big, long lineage of sharks always warring with the Brodies. Like every every generation of Brodies has to fight like one generation of like these sharks, like these giant sharks that keep getting bigger and bigger. <laughs> Oh man, I just wrote Jaws Five. Um, it'd be like future tech, it'd be like cyberpunk Brody against the laser shark or whatever. Oh man, that's a lot of Jaws talk, a lot of shark talk too, man. Um, but yeah, been doing this for a little bit, so that's pretty fun. Let's call it quits then, honey boo, honey 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 lover, <laughs> listener. Whatever, man. I'll try. I'll try and think of a better net, nickname for you, listener, because I'm pretty sure you don't like getting called that. It's probably very patronizing. Um, anyway, though, I, if you listen to this long, uh, really appreciate that. Hopefully, you had a good time listening. Um, if you want to help out the show, uh, leave a five star review wherever you can. If you're listening on the Apple Podcast app, all you have to do is just scroll down and just drop five stars and write a little review. It could be I'm following instructions. He told me to do this. I like Jaws the Revenge. Anything, man. Like you can just it, what it does is it helps with the the crazy algorithm uh, for pushing the show up the charts. And I'm probably not helping myself due to the fact that I haven't put out an episode in a month. But hey, we're here. We did it. I got another one out. All right. All right. So, and also too, if you have any ideas or if you just want to reach out on uh, social media or anything like that, um, all you have to do is you can go on Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram, pretty much anywhere and just look up, don't you dare talk to me or don't you dare talk to me pod. No, wait, that's on TikTok. I do have a TikTok for this (laughs) fucking podcast, man. Um, Anyway, appreciate your time, listener. Good listening on you. Catch you next time. Uh, Not talking about Jaws.